This morning, I'm sitting with Marcela and Karina Luz Valladolid. Marcela Luz, Karina Luz, and we're going to talk about healing with psychedelics in consciousness and more in like a relaxed party way and what this experience has carried for all three of us. Uh, and we hope it's helpful. This is Tales of Recovery. Welcome. This is your host, Gris Alves. And thank you girls for being here. Gracias, yeah. Gris. I wanted to, I did a Q&A on my Instagram the other day and I opened it for all sorts of questions. So they asked me not just about like enchiladas, they asked me about, I have a good relationship with them. So they asked me about everything. And even though I don't want it to make it my, ident I don't feel like I'm an alcoholic. I don't identify. No, déjalo, no importa. Okay. Okay. I was being attacked by the cat, but that's okay. <laughs> um, sobriety, I don't feel, I, I don't want that uh, label as a sober person. I'm just a human that doesn't drink. Like I don't right. like labels. Right? right. But I did feel, I do talk about it. And when I do mention it even briefly, I get a ton of feedback. I love that we're living in a moment more than ever before where sobriety and sober living, or at least dry January, like I think it's a lot more a part of the conversation. I think there's a lot more awareness than there's been in a while about people living without alcohol, I believe, or at least the feedback yeah. that I get from people more than ever before in the more than 15 years I've been on social media, I get a lot more people that are like, it's been a year, it's been months, I want to try it, I don't want to live with it anymore, more than ever before. But um, briefly, um, somebody asked about my sobriety again, and I mentioned like, Ugh, I feel like I need to be honest about it. I had an experience with um, uh, mescaline, con el San Pedro, ¿Cómo se llama? Tiene otro nombre ancestral. Huachuma, Huachuma. And immediately after that, my craving for alcohol disappeared. And it's not like I, I didn't have a physical addiction to alcohol, but I never in my life, in my entire life, did I ever think that I could be a person that could just exist socially in my community, in my culture without alcohol. Like I'd never even tried to stop drinking before. Like there were seasons where I got so drunk and I did something super stupid. So I stopped maybe for like a month just because I felt super guilty. But I never, ever thought that being a person that, and it's been five years, that exists without drinking, like I never thought that was going to be for me. So that's, and I called you immediately. Yeah. I sent you WhatsApp and I was like, can we talk about this? Because I feel I want to, if it can help anybody, I would love to, a, for it to help if this could be a solution for somebody else. But B, I wanted to partner with somebody that had a lot of background in the topic because it is dangerous if you're not doing it with the right person or with the right guide or with the right, uh, and there is an integration afterwards and there isn't like a really deep and big conversation about what this might do to you or your psyche if you're not ready. Like, I just wanted to talk about that part of it. That was long-winded, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's great. I mean, um, I, um, my experience is I stopped completely everything drinking at 25 years old, super duper like NA 12 step meeting sober, but around 15 years in, I was you, like, you did AA 12 steps the whole oh, yeah, thing, the okay. whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. NA. Ah, narcotic narcotics anonymous. Yes. Then alcoholics anonymous because, mm -hmm. because there were supposedly, like, it was better meeting sometimes in AA than the NA or women's meetings. I mean, I did it for years and years and years until I was like, okay, estoy no sirve. Like, what is this? It's not evolving. Um, and, you know, the, the, the topic of 
mushrooms and ayahuasca and all these other things kept coming up and it's like total taboo at the meetings like if you do that you relapse you're screwed yeah however everybody's on antidepressants anti-anxiety sleeping pills it's only important and and didn't the founder of aa bill wilson took lsd yeah that was his yeah so there's these meetings called psychedelics and recovery where you people are not drinking not using drugs to numb out but mm-hmm. you can use psychedelics to expand your healing and your spiritual connection because really you know alcohol a talks about that you know alcoholism is a spiritual problem like this is una mm-hmm. enfermedad del espíritu mm-hmm. right? it's, it's, it's like oh, something's missing there's a hole inside of you so you numb it out right and yeah but they don't tell you that in the regular AA meetings but they do tell you that in the psychedelics and recovery meetings so anyway that was a long time ago kudos to AA meetings and those things they're great if you need them I think they're helpful uh, but it's just like any sitting in circle council mm-hmm. if I have a circle with you guys and everybody shares how they're feeling and then we dance at the end and it's something you know and we're just connecting and having community but yeah it's no circle Mm-hmm. In AA, it's to stop drinking, to stop using, and it helps a lot of people, but for me, when my mom was super, super sick, I had no, so I didn't know what else to do besides go to ayahuasca. Mm. I had gone to Hoffman process, I had done terapia from here to, I mean, everything in the books, and she was, and I was still so angry with her. And people have been inviting me for years. And the last experience that I had with psychedelics was mescaline when I was like 23, 24, which was so intense. And I was not in ceremony. I was not being contained by, you know, a guide or somebody who'd done their work. So it was like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was so big, but... But... I did stop drinking on my own about six months after the mescaline and the LSD experiences. Wow. I never had to go to a rehab. I never, and I mean, I was drinking like, you probably don't have to go to the rehab. And I just decided because of this experience, I think with the psychedelics that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so, I actually had to go back to my messages to, to it was in, on your birthday actually on my Karina's birthday who's sitting here next to me I was in LA I, I you, did, you didn't do anything for your birthday and I was in Los Angeles and they called me to tell me that someone that I know that I really love was drunk um and I had never seen this person drunk and she was really really drunk and I had to come help or whatever and that was a really moving experience and I remember just thinking like I wish alcohol would just not exist on planet earth I remember after that experience I was like there's just no benefit from drinking yeah. And then accidentally, you invited me to the San Pedro ceremony the weekend after. So it was already in your consciousness. It was already in my consciousness. It was. And I walked into the ceremony a week after that event, not really thinking about that event, but carrying the burden of what I was already dealing with in that relationship, which, which, which has been one of the hardest relationships for me to manage, like in my life, right? The alcohol Um, relationship? The, 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 the relationship with the person that I saw inebriated for the okay. first time. Um, so that was really difficult. But I walked into that ceremony and you set an intention. And we had already, Karina and I had already been through different processes, non, non-psychedelic. 
But I remember walking in there like, I need this to be like a nonviolent day. Like I need any anything that I'm getting from this to be nonviolent. I need it to be nice. I need it to be empowering. I don't need to see shadows. I don't need to see the devil. Like I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to encounter anything that isn't hearts and flowers, which wasn't the case. But my literal intention was when I verbalized it was "Mm, show me my power. And that was the trip. But before we, we get into that, perhaps can you explain what they are? Because we're talking about so much a part of your life. It's very it's so much a part of our lives in the sense that it's a part of our conversations. I can't I can't say I've, I've only done two ceremonies, one with San Pedro and one with psilocybin, psilocybin magic mushrooms, the magic mushrooms. Um, <clears throat> and that's all I know, which means I know nothing. But would you mind explaining? Well, you know something. I know what it did for me. Yeah. And I think it's important to give that perspective. Like, I'm not an expert. I'm just a normal person that wanted to try an alternative method. Right. And, you know, it's so, it's all of a sudden, it's super popular and everybody and their mother's giving and taking psychedelics, which is good. I think it's a good um, um, opening to the possibilities that we have of rewiring the brain. So what psychedelics do is they rewire your brain. There's a neurogenesis that happens, which means there's new pathways in the brain. There's new cells coming up in the brain. There's new, that's why you have to set an intention. So what these substances do is they turn off the default mode network, Mm -hmm. which is this part of your brain that's constantly like aware of what's Mm -hmm. happening, protecting you, making sure that you're safe. And they turn that off and you can, if you're working with an intention, right? If your nervous system is calm and feels safe, it's very different than if you're super stressed out and on psychedelics at, you know, Coachella or, or some big concert with lots of people or at a family event. Your, your body can be really, really worried. So it's important that when this happens inside of your brain, that you're in a space where you can hold your sister's hand and feel like, okay, she's right here. You know, that you have somebody at a nervous system um, fact or point, whatever, that can help you be calm. Yeah. I I did do some reading and also like, and maybe there's, there's, there's shamanes or people that are so um, aware of how the drug works that they would say that's not accurate, but just to be safe, like if you have schizophrenia or a bipolar disorder or uh, a deep depression or clinical depression, like then you definitely should get some deeper guidance if you're going to experiment with these sort yeah. of drugs. No, you, you should not use these. Psychedelics are not. If you have any psych, like if you have any type of like psychiatric condition, no, pues no, you shouldn't use this. Yeah. It's not for everybody. It's not for every. I work with a lot of people that want to get off antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications, and then have a mushroom journey. And it takes us like six months, sometimes a year, that they work with their doctor to wean off of them little by little by little. Sometimes you can work in some microdoses, a lot of meditation, a lot of somatic trauma therapy, mm-hmm. and then when you're off the medications, three or four months completely off of them, then we do a, a, a psilocybin journey. I work mostly with mushrooms because of all the trauma and somatic work that I've done, I, I've seen and I, I know this doesn't make seen us, they work with your, they work for trauma. Mm-hmm. They help you process grief, they help you process emotions that have been stuck down there for a long time that you've never been really allowed yourself to feel, mm-hmm. which is why you get depressed because you 
oppress, oppress, oppress. You don't feel what you want to feel or you're angry and you don't feel it. They're also very magical. Um, but sometimes you have to go first through the intense part before you get to the magical part. It just really depends, you know, but, but yeah, that's a good point. No, no, you can't do this if you're on medications and it's not for everybody. You definitely have to check, you know, unfortunately. And that's the thing. It's like, we don't bat an eye if somebody dies after a Western medical procedure and they die every five minutes every day because of malpractice or whatever over medication. We don't even, we, you don't even bat an eye. But with these procedures, because they're becoming more culturally relevant, um, it's an especially like vulnerable time for anybody to make a mistake that'll give them just bad PR. You know what I'm saying? Like, See, but you know how many people die every day of fentanyl overdose? Yeah, but that's what I'm Oxycontin. saying. But that's what I'm saying. Like nobody yeah. bats an eye. Nobody gives a shit. No. Like nobody, and nobody's going to contest it and nobody's going to ask. But if you have one person that dies in a ceremony, you will hear about it like right. everywhere in the news, whatever. Yeah. I'm not excusing it. What I'm saying is um, I think for these processes to get a better chance and for them to be integrated with God, wouldn't it be amazing if we could combine Western medicine and these methods to yeah. relieve depression and anxiety? Yeah. And I mean, we are a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of places where they're already using. There's so many hospitals and different study centers at the, like UCSD and John Hopkins. There's mm -hmm. so many places that are already using psilocybin. They started to use it for end of life experience. Like if you're going to die of cancer, they will give you a mushroom journey so that you can, it would remove the anxiety of dying. Mm -hmm. And then they realized oh, these people are really excited after they do this journey. Like they're not afraid of dying. Maybe this is something that people that aren't dying should also try. Then, you know, and, and there's, they're, they're studying, they use it for depression. They use them for PTSD. There's so many other places that are studying. It's just, I think what's happening is like everything else, the government starts to regulate it. And then there's all these obstacles and it's cost a lot of money and the problem about access and you know indigenous people have been using these substances for years and years and years mm -hmm. all of a sudden only if you're a psychi psychologist who has a psychedelic assisted therapy um I i'm sure what we did was, was illegal wasn't it well I mean, and we Let's pay not say like, that on the podcast. Okay, lo pues, you can. <laughs> in Mexico, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't care. I did. I'm not going to be in trouble now. But what I'm saying is, I'm joking. I paid a. How much did we pay? Like we paid. Like three, four hundred bucks. So, so. In Mexico. In Mexico, o sea, in Mexico. No, I was reading. It's. I was actually reading about it at three o'clock in the morning when I woke up. It's not illegal to have the plant. As soon as you process it to be, make it the tea or whatever you're going to bring, it becomes a controlled substance. So it yeah. is illegal. Yeah. So, so in the United States, however, uh -huh. if you have a church, right? Like under the First Amendment here, because freedom of religion, that's why there's ayahuasca churches. Um, I have some friends that started a mushroom church because that's a way to protect yourself because that's a sacrament that helps you in your religion. Oh, I didn't know that part. In Mexico, oh. if you're in, you know, indigenous, it's not in Mexico it's no es ilegal el peyote. Los huicholes they can use it for because that's part of their culture, it's part of their o religious ceremony. Pues si fueras huichol. Ah, y cómo 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 how do you prove that you're a huichol? 
I don't know. I mean, there's so many stories about it. I, really? Oh, I, I had a friend who was, I mean, um, that's what I've heard. I don't know 150% the f- actual facts, but there's like senators in Mexico that have a podcast that I can share with you guys where they are talking about in Mexico using like re bringing the indigenous culture of using these medicines to help mental health in the regular population that isn't out in the mountains that are using these ancestrally. Mm-hmm. Entonces, I'm not really sure if they're decriminalized or just not illegal or certain amounts. I know for sure you probably can't have a whole bunch to, for distribution. Right. But um, they're not going to arrest, you know, somebody in Oaxaca, somebody in, in Real de Catorce mm-hmm. that is bringing you on a pilgrimage to do this experience, you know, and, and to heal yourself because that's what they've been doing for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, which means that some percentage of us sitting here, Mexican women, even though we might have a lot of stuff from Spain, mm-hmm. somebody from our family at some point or another might have used these plants to heal, mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. which I always say is important to know when you're coming into a ceremony with me. I work with a mostly Mexican woman. And even American women, Latin women, Polish, from wherever you are, at some point or another, your ancestors were, were working with the land. Well, because Western medicine just didn't exist. Claro. Yeah. So claro. I think all of us have traces of it at some form. Yeah. In some form. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it does help with... Um, this is what I can say. The people that come to me for help or that want to be my client are pretty much at the end of the rope. Yeah. And they're like, what is it? Yeah. So it's been like, they've tried antidepressants. <laughs> they've tried the anti-anxiety. Um, you know, they've done this, they've done that. And it's like, okay, I need something different. Mm-hmm. And um, I always, I don't think it's just like, I'm going to go sit with the mushrooms. Like you had this experience with, with um san pedro Mm -hmm. but you're a kind of person that is worried and concerned about their Mm well-being you know you read a lot of books you absolutely it was it there was there was it was definitely a sort of end of my rope sort of situation i i've struggled with therapy not really feeling like no shade to therapy if it helps you great but i've been the therapist my whole life like you know, visit, gone to a couple of visits and I truly feel like there's no benefit for me. Um, I read a lot. Mm-hmm. I read a lot and I find a lot of answers and solace and comfort in my books and my literature. Um, in my sister, I find a tremendous amount of guidance, probably more than any of the other places. Um, mm. But when I came to you, or when, when, I don't know how that conversation happened or even how that conversation happened with my sister, but there, both of those times, it was definitely like there, I, there's something sad and dark that I want to remove from my body that's just always kind of there that I guess would be depression. Mm-hmm. And what's incredible and worth mentioning about those processes, and maybe you can speak to this Gris or you, Karina, on your experience, if, if you have any. Um, but <laughs> like, it's so not black and white. And yeah. it's so, and it can be incredibly subtle. And it can come six months after. Or mm-hmm. for me, it was like a week after. 
and it can it can be a combination of 20 different things that you did like but if you're a seeker like you said they start to fucking add up yeah like mushrooms with you el san pedro the retreats the books like i am on it mm-hmm. every day of my life i mm-hmm. think the three of us are on it every day yeah. of our life just like searching and searching and searching and i was thinking about you the other day that i have to mention um you're constantly saying the phrase about how you have to be in your body mm-hmm. or whenever we talk about menopause we talk about menopause a lot <laughs> and she's like as long as you're doing the yoga and you're in you constantly say the phrase when you're in your body and that didn't click for me until I think it was yesterday or the day before and I'm like I know what she's talking about mm-hmm. I know what she's talking about after all of these years of yoga I'm I actually understood like within the last 48 hours the benefit of yoga and what you mean about being in your body okay explain that Pero I feel like the first 20 years of my life the people that knew me we're getting a surface layer, very anxious, very not present person just trying to survive in that moment or that scenario and just thinking of ways to, that's how I lived my life. Yeah. That was my level of anxiety or nervousness. Like, when is school going to be over? When is this going to be over? When is, or, or I would drink to like be able to handle it. But I, even in my work, the first 10 years of my career, I feel like I wasn't in my body the first, not 20, probably 35 years of my life. I spent the most, the biggest part of my life just trying to make it out of every day-to-day situation and move from one day to the next and from one event to the next or from one job to the next. Like I would, like I see me on TV from back in those days. I have a, I sound like Minnie Mouse (laughs) because I'm so heightened and nervous. (laughs) ¿Te acuerdas como me ponía super roja? Yeah. Me enfermaba. Right. O sea, me ponía morada de los nervios. But I powered through. I powered. And it's not like now. I don't give a shit. And not, not in a disrespectful way of my audience or the productions that I work with. I'm in my body. You're more at ease with yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I, you. I. But I understood that. Like, in the, I'm like, that's what she means when she's repeating 700 freaking times. Like, to be in your body. Yeah. And I'm like after all of these years of work and breathing and reading and doing all the things, I know what she means. Yeah. To just be in your body, which means you're not trying to escape the present moment. You're not in fight or flight. Yeah. Nervous system response, feeling like, I've been only on, and you know, you're in this rushing. Totally. But you know, it's always good to honor, honor your little Marcela or I always you know honor because she was trying to make it she was trying to survive right it was the only way to stay safe and now that you've done the work and the yoga and you get a little bit older you're maturing you're like okay I know I know what she's talking about I'm in my body you know if you and that's what these medicines do mm-hmm. psychedelics get you in the body mm-hmm. vas a sentir porque vas a sentir mm-hmm. that's why it could be intense and also amazing Right. There's the one of like, I think the second ayahuasca ceremony that I went to and I'm still integrating it like seven years later, the guy who was guiding it said, these, esta medicina es para sentir. Mm. He's like, this medicine is for feeling, getting your body. I was like, okay. 
And it was the most amazing experience because instead of being up in my head, worried about what's happening, what am I going to see? You know, the spirits, the underworld, I was just feeling my toes, doing the breath work, feeling my body. Of course, it's intense when it first hits you. It's like getting on a roller coaster. You're going up, up, up. I wait. And then the first, um, whatever, ¿cómo se dice? Bajadita of the roller coaster. You're freaking out the bajadita. And then after a while, you're raising up your hands going, yeah, let's do it again. But that intensity is normal. It's part of your body going, wait, 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 what's happening? It's, it's the way the mechanism of the body works. But if you, you know, after you get into that, you get in the body, you find your breath, you, you ground yourself, you feel, you allow whatever's coming in to be felt through the body. It's a beautiful experience because instead of your body rejecting it, mm-hmm. you get to feel, you weep, you know, you feel... But but let's Pleasure. but but honestly, the reason I haven't done ayahuasca before and San Pedro, I don't know the percentage, but it's a much more mellow ride. It's very different. Like I've heard, it's three percent of a red last night of what you get with like ayahuasca. Like I am still very afraid, and I haven't been called because I do not want to put myself. And I think it's important to mention, like with San Pedro. I never felt like I was out of my body or not in control. You do, there is like a time perception shift that happened, like definitely, but I always felt present and in control. And that's why I like gumbo as well. Like there, there's no hallucinating at all with that. Like, mm-hmm. um, but with ayahuasca, 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 I feel that you do, kind of step into another dimension from yeah, what I've heard. No, you definitely do. And both of you, bueno, a ti no te conozco también, but I, do you want to talk about this or no? Um, with my sister, like I love watching her process because she's so trusting of the process that she doesn't try to control the process and she's so open to the process. So she walks into these things like, Lo que me toque, even if I do see something really weird, me tocaba. Like, she's very accepting of whatever is happening in that moment. I feel like, I feel like I'm vulnerable to like a psychotic break. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. Yeah. And you don't have to. I'm not. I mean, the thing is, <laughs> it's not for everybody. It's the same as psychedelics. I, I don't think I would sit with ayahuasca anymore. I think I... It showed up in my life. She showed up in my life, La Abuelita Ayahuasca, because my mom was dying. I did two ceremonies before she died, two after, and that's I'm still integrating. I work with psilocybin because, in my opinion, it's a much gentler supplement, um, and it's very good to work with therapy and with grief, and which is kind of what I do. It's mm-hmm. one of my major things is processing grief so that you can feel the grief and then also live a life of pleasure and, and self-love and you know, joy for the love of God or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, inside in the, the body. body. Karina inside said them. in the body, yeah. which I think is the hardest thing. I think like what could the, the, the takeaways be, right? Like Gris, what is your suggestion for people to research or read or investigate? Like it's hard because like I said, you're not going to get, you know, it's not like Western medicine that you can, you know, if it's a clinical trial or it's a doctor, you're going to try it. You're not going to question it. And if it goes wrong, well, 
that's the way it happens with medicine sometimes. But with, with these sorts of things, like people tend to be a lot more skeptical. So what would be your suggestion? Because I got a lot of questions more than ever yeah. before when I mentioned that it was an experience with mescaline that I am certain had to do with the cessation of the existence of right. alcohol in my life. Yeah. It was ac- purely accidental, coincidental, or maybe not, but like the occidencia. The occidencia. But like, what would be your suggestion? Like, where do people, mira, es que, wait, like, my people are like me. We're from traditional Mexican families where this is super taboo, super scary. Also, a very religious community that associates a lot of this with stepping out of the what's allowed within our Catholic upbringing and the church. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. what are the, what's the first baby step? step if this is something that you want to consider well i'm, I'm going to put some links in here for information when we post the podcast i am not a hundred percent well versed on um mescaline oh, okay. yeah you're a mushroom you're a magic I'm mushroom a, I'm kind a magic of gal. mushroom woman i mean i do i do work with peyote i gave it to my dad the whole maybe 10 days before he died and it got him in the body and it got him to calm his anxiety. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because yeah. that's an insane that's, what yeah. you did there with your mom and your yeah. dad. And But the best thing for me to recommend would be um, if, say you want to do a ceremony or you want to try it, ask 50 million questions to whatever person that you're going to work with. Like if somebody comes to me and they're like, I want to do a one-on-one with you. Well, we meet two times before we do a somatic experience practice, like a compassionate inquiry. We talk about the intention. Then we do the journey. And then we continue on for like at least six sessions of, um, which it's like a somatic, it's like not really therapy, but it's an acompañamiento, an accompaniment to being with whatever's coming up. You mean after the fact? Yes, two before, then the mushroom ceremony, and then after. Mm-hmm. Which is such a, I think that's the most important part. Yeah. And I think people, and we also wanted to talk about this, one of the most, the hardest 72 hours that I think I've ever lived in my life, trying to think of other ones, but I really cannot, were after a, a, a week of intense, a retreat on breath work. Oh, yeah. Um, the darkest weirdest and at the same time the most beautiful and i'll explain why like there's no regrets in my body but in my mind i absolutely was like why is there no guidance after this incredibly intense uh week of breath work yeah yeah Yeah. i was very i i I still question that to this day like and i said this to you last week and like if i didn't have my sister And Philip was at one point like, do you need to go to the hospital? And my sister was telling Philip, like, maybe she's going to be like this for a few days. Maybe she's going to be like this for a few weeks or for a few months. But you just need to let her like, I don't remember what you said, but you said she just needs to be there like this until in in her body. And so what what people can understand what's happening is you did a retreat of intense breath work, lots of very, very powerful meditations, hours and hours and hours of meditation where pineal gland was opened up mm-hmm. it's almost like you were smoking the empty mm-hmm. with these meditations uh, I, I saw it i saw the kaleidoscope i saw all of it and so if you haven't done this constantly it could bring you bring you back to your real life or your normal life so open mm-hmm. to feeling mm-hmm. and if you're not used to feeling it can be really scary well my intention when i was going into that retreat was seeing 
and eradicating my anxiety. Yeah. So they were like, you want to see it? Here it is. Here it is. And I think this is why I'm grateful, even though I, I wish there was an email at least after, but, and I, and I, I'm still integrating. Yeah. And recently I was like, oh, in those 72 hours, I felt what my body actually feels, but I numb it all day long mm-hmm. with phones, with life, with food, with sex, with shopping, with life, kids, with work. But it was like I came home from an open heart surgery and it was like all there. I mm-hmm. wasn't feeling anything new. And I said this to my sister, like as horrible as it feels, it just feels familiar and magnified. Yeah. So it was just my anxiety without any warm blanket to kind of disguise it. Yeah. But at the same time, I might cry, but at the same time, I also, I don't, I don't remember if I told you this, I went into this retreat because I felt like I wasn't loving my people as much as I could love them. And I don't mean in the sense like you're not making them good enough food and you're not taking them to soccer and you're not like having enough yeah. sex. Like it, I'm not talking about that. I felt like there was a barrier. Mm-hmm between me and my people. The openness of the heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like something was not allowing them, me to let them fully in and me, you know, yeah. sabes, sentía 100%. que había algo, ¿no? Una protección ahí. Ajá. Y en, and when I came back from that retreat, I felt one with you, with Philip, with my kids. It's like there was nothing. There was no barrier. Yeah but I also was feeling the anxiety. So I was feeling everything, all of it. And it was not nice, but it was beautiful at the same time. But but you landed in your body because those sensations that you were feeling, the sensations in your body, they were so strong because I saw them that you were, are not able to step out of the body. You know, you, you, you landed in your body and, and, and lo amoroso y bondadoso de las sensaciones te decía no hay a donde corras uh-huh. vas a estar acá adentro uh-huh. y solo estando allá adentro es que puedes estar en el corazón uh-huh. y sentir esa unicidad con el todo ¿no? so, yeah. so that's the ideal yeah. state just you get used to it is that what you're saying well, no, I mean, that's a pro that's an experience that you had you don't, you don't want to do that all the time it's right, but what I'm saying is then I was able to grab my phone again. I wanted to like some sense of normalcy, which meant numbing in some sense. If we have been out of the body for so long, mm-hmm. when you get in the body, you it's feel intense. everything you have never felt because you were out of the body. Mm-hmm. So you go in and it's like a tsunami. That's and what this psychedelics happens. do. Right. But my, my question is, no, or like, I don't even know how to frame this question, but like, I, I, I obviously needed something to bring down those walls and barriers. And I'm not going to say they're fully back up, but I'm definitely not in that, pl- not in the beauty, not in the fear of that place, but I'm also not in the beauty of that place in my day-to-day life. Okay, here, right? can I say something? Let's go. So this is called trauma. Uh-huh. So when you do, when you work with trauma is trauma, isn't, you know, it's not what happens to you, but it's what happens inside of your body. So if your body shuts down and your body feels like it's scared and your body's running around on fight or flight all the time, 
you're, you're, you're protected from, you know, bad things, but you're also protected from love. The whole love and the whole universe. That's what medicine does too. When you get into the psychedelics or when you do these huge meditations, um, and this is why I like to work with trauma informed people because then you can, you know, if it would have been a trauma informed guy, they would have said, listen, if you haven't felt in a long, long time, these meditations, or if you come to a ceremony or you do a journey with psychedelics, you might, you're going to be super duper duper open, sensitive. La piel, a piel de, what is that saying? A flor de piel. A flor de piel. So be really, really sweet to yourself. Have a lot of people that can help you contain this explosion of emotions. And moving forward, practice being with whatever is coming up. We're always chasing for that big high, right? I want to go back to that experience that I had with a huge margin. Oh, yes, que estuvo padrísima, and now I don't feel it. But if you practice being with what is, then, and I guess that's the whole, I mean, that's the whole freaking journey of life, right? Like el, el monje del monasterio que tiene un éxtasis nomás lavando los platos, right? Mm -hmm. Like being with what is, practicing, what am I feeling right now? What is the sensation? Am I trying to numb out with the phone? This is uncomfortable. Can I be with this discomfort right now? No, I don't want to right now. That's okay. Go to yoga. Go to the telephone. Nothing is a fuerzas. Like everything has to be, if it's trauma informed and because we haven't been allowed to feel. Trauma informed just means that you're aware of what's happening. Trauma informed means that you're aware of what's happening and that you're aware that it can be too much. So you want to do things little by little. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's the way I see it, right? Little by little, aware of the triggers, aware of what you've been through, right? As a person, like what I've been through, I can get triggered by something that you didn't go through. So maybe to you, it's not a big deal. But, you know, when I worked in the prison teaching yoga to prison yoga project with the prison yoga project, they train you not to even say inhale, exhale, breathe, because somebody might have been like being, you know, raped or something. And they're mm. telling them like, breathe, you know, so you have to just you know, be really gentle with everybody's experience. The first one you got to be gentle with is your own. And if somebody doesn't explain that to you, like the containment of what's going to happen after, then these things can happen. Like you're laying there in the bed. And, and I mean, if you I ask me, I was actually me, hugging a tree because she told me to go <laughs> hug a tree and it was raining and I was hugging a tree for like three hours because the tree grounds you, right? It's yeah. the electrical current that mete la tierra and it helps you get. No, it was very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then, you know, it's like, I don't really think there's like one specific answer. Everybody has their own process, your own experience as a human. But if you listen to lots of other humans and lots of other experiences, well, the common denominator is we don't really know how to feel that much. Mm -hmm. And when you do start to allow yourself to feel, some stuff is going to come up that might be intense. Remember when I talked to you about the river, the energetic river that's inside of you from your head all the way down? Yeah, with like trash in it. Is that the one? El rio a veces se le atora basura. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. There could be trash, there could be debris, there could be a tree, there could be something. So in order for that channel to clear up, I mean, it could be sometimes intense. You know, you have to move this tree, you have to move this memory, this experience in childhood. That's why the slower you go, sometimes the nicer it is. Like, But we're in such a hurry because we're in instant gratification land. So we want things to be fast. Mm -hmm. And... That retreat you went to jumped you quantum leaps 
It's just like mushrooms. It's like the government Gamora calls them, calls psychedelics, um, psychotherapy on steroids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh huh. Because you do, you do see so many things. Pero de nada te sirve if you don't integrate it after, like talking to your sister, or going to yoga, thinking about it, journaling. Absolutely, like, like those conversations that I had with my sister after that retreat were instrumental in me seeing uh, the value in it. Because if I didn't have her, and Philip is different in the sense that uh, he's a hundred percent support, but the conversations with my sister are different, just with regards to this sort of process, right? You're talking to your sister's therapy, a hundred percent. See, no? but for for me, it is free my whole life. Um, <laughs> but like, and I and I just kept repeating. And when I talk about this experience, that's what I say. Like, what do, what do people do when they feel like this when they come home from a something as intense as this or an ayahuasca ceremony or uh, San Pedro or mushrooms, if they don't have a Karina in their life, like th these, yeah. these processes. You have to find the Karina in your life. Well, you, you need <laughs> you to do. understand that they can, like, if it's, you know, que dijiste on steroids? Uh, psycho psychotherapy on steroids. If it's psychotherapy on steroids, it means it's like, it's like significant. Yeah. So there needs to be a lot of contention. Yeah. You know, a lot of compassion. You know, we need lots of compassion, cont contention. Is that, is that an English word? Contention? Say? I think so. Let's it is Google now. Because um, I said it. Um, and, you know, you might not like traditional therapy, but just speaking to somebody, like if I'm with my friends, if I'm with you guys, if I, I mean, it's just that is therapy. Being seen, being heard, not being judged. Somebody saying, you, I hear you. Instead of trying to fix you, nada más escuchándote, acompañándote. Um, you know, that is... And, and allowing these feelings to come little by little, not by yourself. I mean, that's... Um, it, you know, that to me is very therapeutic. Also, if you're going to do something this big, before you go to the psychedelic journey, before... I mean, if you're not working with someone that does, you know, like intake sessions and then aftercare afterwards, make sure you have a group of friends that you know, or at least one person that, that can hold your hand, that can help you out. You don't, you don't need to do this alone. Mm -hmm. We're used to doing things alone. You go to the doctor, nice habit, they give you a little pill, don't tell anyone, and here you're popping See, the pills all alone. that's so true. It's such an anonymous, secretive process to right? heal from so many things. And how you said open heart surgery open heart surgery um si es it's an es, un, es una cirugía it is an open heart del surgery. alma es una cirugía del alma y con esa con ese mismísimo cuidado que te hubieran operado el corazón imagínate mm. lo que es una ¿no? una apertura del corazón y de, del esternón y cortar esos huesos y es es idénticamente igual entonces por lo general las personas regresan a su vida after after the fact um, or that uh, enormous um, quantum Experience, leap or change yeah. of frequency completely to um, the automatic vida cotidiana and mm -hmm. that is, is is very very strong on the on the on the brain and on the emotions and and all that and it's and it's coming back and being in the body and after you're courageous enough to be in the body because it takes courage yeah. to feel um it's sitting with it yeah. with love and compassion with con esa compasión curiosa de no atacarte no sino de autoconocerte con toda la valga la redundancia la curiosidad mm -hmm. 
del amor por ti. Es un, es, it's a, it's a, es un proceso de tenerte muchísima ternura. Ternura, that's the word. Ternura. Contention, by the way, is being angry. I was doing, I was translating contención, so I completely <laughs> used the wrong word. You not, do not need to people to be angry with you after you come home from these processes. Sí, contention es como estar súper enojado. ¿Cómo se dice? Pues contención, no sé cuál es el literal translation. I like Googles. Um, but yeah, that's such a good point that we are so, there's so much shame behind our diseases from the mental to the how many people don't share about their diagnoses about can't whatever you just don't yeah, yeah, share no, no, that no. Es secretito porque, yeah. See, you don't share them if you know you don't share them there's shame that you don't want to amplify it you feel like it becomes real perhaps if you verbalize it and we don't share our struggle um i don't think you need a world of people i think you need And we were talking about, we did, Gris and I did a, <laughs> did a, a retreat. A 92-hour therapeutic it's road 90, trip. It was, nine, how, I said 76, but it was more. It was 92. It was yeah. 92 hours of therapy. We were in the same car, in the same bed, in the same yoga class, in the same bathroom for three, four, three days, yeah. four days. I don't even know. Um, why, why did I mention this? What were we talking about on about, that road trip? I forgot. Anyway, we talked about so many things. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. But yeah. About being held or being hurt. No, ni me acuerdo. Contención, algo era la, la contención. La de platicar de la vida de los yernos. De toda la cosa. No, but you know, it's really sweet that, you know, to know that, um, to normalize sharing what's, you know, with, with somebody. For example, yo, I healed the way that I began my journey really in these 12-step meetings, which is now I see it as ancestral circle of counsel. Huh? It doesn't have to be at a meeting, but if you say what's really going on, what's really happening, and nobody can say anything back to you, people are just listening, there's no judgment, and then the next person shares, and the next person shares, and you're like, oh, she also went through that. She also had a mom that was super hard Her grandma was also telling her, hey, you need to lose weight and have fake, you know, surgery. O sea, some ridiculous things that you as a girl, that me, from my own personal experience, grew up with, and you share it, and somebody, you, it removes the power that it has on you. And, and you know what happens that's magical that we also talked, I think that's, this is why I was getting at. And I get this a lot from the sobriety perspective, that people are like, how am I supposed to live this life if everyone around me drinks? Like, what am I supposed to mm -hmm. do with myself? Mm -hmm. And I think when you have the courage to just sit back and be brave and speak your truth, those people were just like mad. You appeared in my life like magic. Yeah. O sea, and you've always been there, but I have this other network of like people. You call them in, kind of. Completely. That, yeah. I've, that I've called into my life these last few years because I've been open about my experience. Yeah. And those are the people that are willing to sit with me. And those are the people that I don't make uncomfortable when I talk about these things. Like the people that you make uncomfortable, they're just not ready for that conversation. And it's fine. I wasn't ready for 35 years of my life to talk about a life without alcohol. Like I would have said you were insane. Actually, the first 40 years of my life. Yeah. So when it does happen for you, and like you said, you start releasing the experience of the power that it has over you by talking about it, 
those people just magically appear in your life. Yeah. They just do. Yeah, they do. And it's and because you begin to change your core beliefs. Um, when you change the core belief about yourself, it's kind of like a, by, a, a byproduct of that heart surgery that you talk about, right? When you have the heart surgery, Karina, and all of a sudden you realize, I can sense all this love. I can feel all this love. Even that experience that you had there laying in the bed, you're like, you're one with Karina, you're one with Philip, you see your babies. That opening, now you know. Now you know that you're part of this. Mm -hmm. And when you get back into the, I'm going to go back to Wells Fargo and I'm going to work here and I'm going to be the secretary, whatever your job is, and you forget, mm -hmm. you jump back into, you can jump back into this core belief that you're not worthy of this love, that is not safe. Because at some point in your life, it wasn't safe to have an open heart. Mm. Right. And so working with psychedelics, working with somatics, working with meditation is really a beyond feeling it in your body is working with this core belief that, no, I'm not a bad girl because I said a bad word or because I used to get super drunk or because I didn't want to listen to the rules and I didn't go to mass. I'm not. I'm not. But that was the core belief, mm -hmm. which I had to run from and hide from or medicate from. I now... If I'm in my body, then I can cultivate a new belief, right? Or actually the reality is that I'm no different than you or you or the person down the street or the person in whatever, the Poslan or China or whatever. No? And so I can get in touch with my humanity. I want to cry right now because, you know, that would be really the best way that to just to connect to you and connect to others. Instead of having this protection that... I mean, I tell you, I'm guilty of running from it. Some people are, even you told me, a lot of people tell me like, man, you're really nice, but I thought you were some bitch coming up. Because <laughs> completely, completely. <laughs> you, 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 I remember, I told Gary like when I walked, when I drove up to your house that weekend, I was like, what's, what's four days with Gris going to be like? <laughs> and it, no, es que sabes que, yeah. I'll tell you what, what I saw. I saw me. Mm-hmm. I saw me yeah, yeah. and I saw and what a lot of people have told me. I saw in you what a lot of people tell me they see in me, yeah. which is that there's a wall. Yeah. And because I, it's been rough. Yeah. That wall has been helpful. Yeah. For Thank sure. you. Thank you for the wall. For sure. You and know, I'm, and I, and I'm sure that I give uh, off that same. No, I can definitely give off that same energy and I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I don't, I have no problem with it. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Like it is what it is. Um, but see, I think, I think I really wanted to talk about just briefly, because I know we're at the hour, but one of the things that most drew me to you was following your, your journey with your, the passing of your mother mm. and the fact that you had the balls, because that seemed like so much physical and emotional work to bring your mother to live with you for the, that last season of her life. And then you went and did it again with your dad. <laughs> and Fine. for me, watching you in that process and te escuchaba in, in what you and what you told me during this trip and how you made it a point that the whole family's here and that all the grandkids were here and that you would give him his peyote and how you were completely able to not give a shit about the constraints that society puts on people during the last season of someone's life. And because I would be afraid to do that. 
Right. Sabes? I yeah. would be like, well, what if something happens and yeah. we need to be in a hospital setting and it needs, ya sabes? And I, like, from my, from a spectator, from somebody that was sitting in Las Gradas in the stands watching it, all I saw was like a whole bunch of courage. Like, como todos los huevos de hacer lo que hiciste en esos dos procesos. Wow. Yeah. I mean, ni sé ni como le dice. I mean, it's, I think, you know, first of all, definitely the plants helped. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, describe what she did because maybe a lot of people are Oh, well, I helped my dad die. So, Instead of them being in, a, in an institution, a hospice, a hospice she, she, she was hospice. Okay. She, you were, so what, yeah. what was it? So my mom and dad both died at home with all of the family, and we knew they were dying. So, you know, months before they were going to die, we talked about it. We prepared for it. They Your died. List, the thing, the three the things. Five the five wishes. Myfivewishes.org. Yeah, look at that up. It's like a little form uh, that you sign it's like an advanced directive but it also talks about emotions and what you want people to hear and what you want people to know about you when you die and what they want que canciones quieres en tu, en tu funeral yes org is actually it's like a thing five wishes.org it is it's a thing and it's a form the that is really but even practical. the courage to have that conversation I know. I know you know the thing is like i when when i had my babies when i had paula Something just clicked inside of me. And I traveled a lot for work. And the first time I was going to go away, she was like 10 months. I thought, what if I die? Mm. And here's this little girl without a mother. So I literally wrote my will. I wrote her letters. I was a mess. Julio me decía, well, just don't go to the trip already. And I'm like, no, I have to live life. But we have to be prepared. Mm. We have to be prepared to die. Because that way, she will know that her mom loved her. Because here's this letter. This is what I want for her. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And then when I had the other son, I was like, okay, now we got to add him to the well and you just have to be prepared. Then years later, I studied, you know, palliative care at Anatologia. Mm-hmm. When the first thing they tell you is, okay, are you ready to die? Because mm-hmm. when you're ready to die, then you can live. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just scared of living the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I had this experience. So when I, when I knew my mom was dying and I said, let's write this down, she was really scared of me. What are you talking about? I'm like, well, I already wrote it years ago. I have a plan. What if I die? My, what are my kids going to do? You did the five wishes? I did something beyond the five wishes. It was way longer, more complicated. The five wishes, la neta, the, her, my mom's geriatric sure. doctor gave it to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They have it at the doctor's office. Okay. But when I read it, I thought, wow, this is really practical. Mm-hmm. And it's intense, but you, sometimes you just have to push. It's like you're pushing a core belief. So you're like, a ver, do you, are you really not worthy of love? Are you really not worthy of love? You know, if I'm going to push that belief, you'd say like, no, I guess I am. Mm -hmm. And then you have to work with actually embodying it and believing it. But do you really think you're not going to die ever? Do you really think you're not going to die ever? No, we're all going to die. So let's just be ready for it. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that it's a jinx and you're going to die tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Right. We're just going to be prepared. Mm -hmm. What do you want? Because I tell you what. Think of this. If you die right now, what am, what do your kids have to come into your home to clean up, to get rid of? Are, do they know your passwords? Is everything in order? Are you going to leave them in debt? Are you going to leave them with some money? You know, if they're little, do you want them to go to this school, that school? What if somebody comes and takes them to some religious school and you're like, no, I don't want this. You have to have your shit in order. Yeah. Just as a practical thing. Mm-hmm. 
you know. But like for me, what what was so impactful was your determination to close their cycles here on earth, like in a proper way, like taking your dad to visit his best friend in Cabo before he left and making sure the whole family was here. And y que un señor conservador mexicano le des peyote, why? Because that's going to help the process. Like all of these little things that you did that I don't think I would have the courage to do, honestly. Like yeah. it felt like, you know what it feels like? It feels like the proper structure of a book. There's a beginning right. and there's a middle and there's an end and you can close it. Yeah. And that's what it feels like for me watching what you did for your mom and dad. Yeah. And, and you and you mentioned yeah. it to me that with your mom, like there was ambivalence from the younger generation. And yeah. then they were smaller, they were younger, you know, they were like, oh, I don't know, it's kind of scary. No, pero, pero now they've done it twice yeah. because you set the stage for it. Y, y pues ya es normal para ellos. Yeah. And they didn't want to miss it out. Because no, I that's think what some I'm of saying. us regret it like, like, oh, we should have been a little bit more present. I was way more present with my dad. With my mom, I was present. But it was also like it was the first time. I mean, I helped other people die. And I'd done at-home funerals. But it was like kind of like a big cloud kind of blur thing you're present but i don't really remember 100 percent. and it's your dad it's way different than you assisting mother mother dearest mommy dearest <laughs> and but with my dad i think everybody's we're older we have more experience we have more mm, a lot more work mm -hmm. you know more wisdom four years of drama school with Gabor Mate, oh my o sea, ya era de que, and i knew because one of the things we haven't talked about is the magic that the that the earth gives us, the magic that the magic mushrooms give us, the peyote, the meditation. There's like this magic, right? And people think of magic like, ay, woo woo, la brujita volando ahí. No, but this is something like phenomenally, beautifully amazing that you just don't always touch it. But the magic that these medicines give you, you touch love. You touch love. Mm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you don't give a rat's ass about what people are going to say. Mm -hmm. People are going to judge you. Mm -hmm. It's mi casa. I do what I want. You do have to know your rights a little bit for having an at-home funeral. You know, you have to work with a funeral person because they have to get the permits, blah, blah, blah. But educate, no? You, you figure it out. You know, both of them, I asked them, do you want to die in the hospital? Do you want to die at home? No, at home. Okay. Do you, you know, my mom would tell me, nunca jamás, don't you ever put me in a nursing home. Mm. I'm like, no, I'm not going to put you in a nursing home. And, you know, if you have the resources and the support to never, ever put him in a nursing home, you know, pay somebody else to take care of him while you can't be there all the time. You can even manipulate the, or work with, not manipulate, work with the insurance company so that you can have somebody at your home. Right. There are a lot of ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And, because it's really a gift for, I don't think it was just a gift for my dad that we cared for him. He was so sad that he was dying mm -hmm. um, because he was walking around. He was conscious. He knew everything. He loved us. He was so sad. And, you know, we kept telling him, my sister would tell him, okay, dad, I know you're sad, but we're going to be here with you. Mm -hmm. We're never going to leave you. We're going to do this together. Mm, wow. And everybody was sad. I know it was so intense, but then there was moments of laughter and tears and 
telling jokes, but it wasn't just for my dad. Mm-hmm. It helped me, my husband, my kids, my sister, my brother, everybody somatize or alchemize or be in the body mm-hmm. with the reality of death. Mm-hmm. Because when you're that close to it, proximity, and it's not like, oh, he's dead, boom, the ambulance came, he's gone. You're like working with it. You, we knew like it was 30 days, man. Um, we went to La Paz. Well, that's what, well, that's what like, I'm saying. It, it feels like the proper ending of a cycle. Right. And it's a healthy way to prepare for it. Right. For us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, not just your dad, right, but yeah. like for you. Inevitable. Yeah, inevitable. It's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, the peyote, like I would give him peyote tea and I would take some peyote tea because what these plants do also in microdoses is they help you get into the body, right? And it was also pain management, correct? Or no? uh, He didn't have pain, really. Ah, The pain management wasn't like, I think two days before he died, we gave him morphine. Okay. Yeah. But way before that, he didn't have pain. He just had fear, anxiety, you know, a lot of like... um, About where he was going to go after Just about dying. Mm-hmm. Dying. No, just say it, but I'm just trying to Probably. imagine what the thought was. Like, is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Is that more than missing? More than missing. You guys, I think my, my honestly, the initial thought is what the what hell? happens after. Yeah. <gasps> well, you say that now, but wait. I mean, you're because my sister would say, but my dad has so much faith. Like what? And I'm like, yeah, but even the Dalai Lama, I mean, the faith is one thing, but I think when you're getting ready to leave, there's an unraveling of the soul. At first, he was super scared, super scared. I think like two days or three days before, he was like, you, your body just gets so tired, you're just ready. Right. And you know what? I've seen it with my mom and my dad. My mom, well, seconds before she passed, she was so ready, yeah, like, she like excited. Be, and she was like, I need to run. So yeah. in my experience with death and my dad uh, being so close to it so many times, I guess that's what I learned, yeah. that they were so excited to Tell cross me. to the other side or, or not scared. But this... Um, Esta sensación de si, well, goodbye, it was nice to, nice to, to see do the, ex- yeah, my mom literally said that. Yeah, yeah. She was you like, guys, oh, it was fun with you guys. Yeah, she literally Aww. said, have a, have, have fun life. Uh, uh, yeah, you guys were the yeah. best thing that happened. Have a good time. Yeah. Take care of each other. See, you don't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was ready to go. Yeah, I, I think death is probably like when you do a psychedelic trip. You know what I was said earlier, how first you take the, the mushrooms and then it, when it starts to kick in, you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, what, are, what is this? What is this? Your body is like fighting this uncontrol. Like you're not controlling thing. But then once you get into the ride, you're just like, "Woo! wow, the colors and the experience. La muerte, igual. Same deal. There's a part of your body that doesn't want to leave. Your yeah. body wants to live. Your body wants to breathe. The heart wants to pump. I want to feel your hands. I want to touch my babies. You know what? And then after a while when you're crossing in and out of that realm, porque yo siento que como que entran y salen, entran y salen. I don't, sometimes it's right away, but sometimes like, like he would sleep and say something and then wake up again. And, and then there comes a point where you're just like in it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you can let go. Or your body just stops and there's no other choice. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. <laughs> I, I, I just hope we have a Griselda with us. 
No, ni a mí, no me vaya a mandar a un nursing home, por favor. No nos manden al nursing home, por favor, por favor. No, no por eso tengo que comprar el rancho. We have to buy a rancho. We can have all these communities and friends that are nurses. Es mucha chamba la que te aventaste ahí, güey, la neta. Yeah, yeah, mucha yeah, chamba. Física, emocional, mental, yeah. espiritual, to todo te retaron ahí. Yeah. En ese proceso. Pero a le mostró a sus hijos como ella quiere morir. O sea, sí. imagínate, ya les diste la escuela. Yeah. Sí. O sea... Yeah. Una ayudadita con peyote, no me dejen. Y al final, si está cabrón, pues le meten la morfina. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of work. I'm still... And thank you for saying that. Con amor lo recibo. You know, because... I, you know, it's hard to say like, oh, yeah, thank you, I did do that. It's rare. And also, I'm still like very vulnerable, very like... Even yesterday, I think in yoga, I talk about some, I would, I would think, oh, I should have done this, I should have got the sauna a year ago, mm -hmm. so he would have been you in the sauna and he would have yeah. not died because yeah. he would have healed, you know, um, but that, that's part of the grief and part mm -hmm. of missing him and part of being human, but, um, but yeah, I don't regret one bit of it and it's like, pues, you know, sometimes you don't like your parents there's issues you got to work through whatever but honoring that you came through them and doing this like this commitment that I had to do this I literally like that last month was he was my bro and I'm still kind of I don't know I'm kind of a mess one day 150% confident the next And that's just how it's going to go, you know? Yeah. Well, But, it was fairly recent. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's coming. But it's okay. I, um... Pues es la vida, ¿no? There's Pero no le diste things. peyote. Le di peyote. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I tried part. to give him mushrooms for so long, and he'd be like, no, no, no. And he knew, I'd, where are you going? I'm going to Cancun. I'm going to give someone mushrooms. I'm going here. I'm going... Oh, you're going to give people mushrooms? Wow. And I'd send him the research, and I'd tell him, Listen, if you microdose... It helps with memory. It's, it's very good, you know, for the neuropathways in the brain. You need to microdose. And he'd be like, well, I don't know. But as soon as he got the diagnosis, the first thing he said to me was like, where's that mushroom tea? Mm. Ahora sí, ¿verdad? But, you know, talking to Gloria and other friends and seeing, you know, what was better to get him inside the body grounded. El peyote is like a little cactus. It's so close to earth. Mm. It's chiquititito. So you're super, super grounded. And when you're feeling this deep anxiety, you need to be grounded in the body. And he would take his tea and I would take my tea and I give the tea to everybody and not everybody drank it. But, but you said you saw the benefit in him. Claro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inmediatamente. Mm -hmm. Inmediatamente. Like he got in his body, he would he would lay down, we would breathe together. No, I, I mean, he, at one point he's like, uh, we're in a very cool status right now. Kids, come here. We're just in a super state of coolness right now. Aww. I'm like, that tea's working, right? He got him to like enjoy mm -hmm. the last seven days of him knowing he was dying. That's incredible. 
and not be freaking out full of anxiety. You know, we would weep and he would cry, but when he laid down to bed, he was just breathing. Right, and not, it's not like he was numb or in denial no. or on drugs. No. He was fully present, fully. just able to connect to that side of him that was Connect him. to God, connect exactly. to the heart, just, that open heart surgery. Just release the anxiety or whatever sure. it is that gets turned off in that in that process. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're right here, uh-huh. right now, on the earth. This is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. We could talk here for hours. Mm-hmm. We'll do another one. We'll do another one. You get my sister in two weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just need to I'll be a spectator. I'll well be a spectator that time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, to close, you know, of course, if you have questions about. Um, working with these medicines, feel free to email me, message me. If you don't, you know, if we don't align to work with each other, I have a lot, I have a big community of friends that I know are doing the work, are also in therapy, are also doing uh, integration afterwards. So, you know, we can help you out. And, you know, there's a lot of doctors that are now coming around to it as well. Um, I think it's a good time in history to go back to want to explore these medicines. Yeah, to discover your, rediscover your power, your yeah. magic. Huh? I was re- I'm reading, Amor. Well, I, I, I have ADHD, so I'm reading like seven books at a time. But one <laughs> of the books that I'm reading in the Sadhguru, the inner engineer, inner engineer, mm-hmm. dice que es increíble, that it's incredible how we've advanced leaps and bounds to make our lives more convenient yet we've never been so sad and so sick. Yeah. Yeah. That we are constant, that we, lo que dice, let's get, we are constantly, like whenever I get pushback from people, well, but we've never been so advanced in science and life is so comfortable and we can FaceTime. Like we've done so many things to fix the outside of us, to make our life more convenient, more accessible, faster, uh, more access, more, Ya sabes, we've leaps and bounds. Life is so easier than ever before. Yet we've never been so sick and so sad as we are now. Yeah. In comparison to, you know. Well, yeah, when life was simpler and you just exactly. went outside and farmed. And, exactly. Yeah. It's a great book. It is a good book. Yeah. So we got to go inside. Yes. We love you, Gris. We love you. Thank you. you. Thank you for your Thank you, everyone, for listening to Tales of Recovery. Hey, we're on camera the whole Please time. share, subscribe, Talista. send it to everybody. Yeah. So I'll links see you guys up. next time. Hmm? Links are going to be up for everything? Links are going to be up for everything. Links are going to be up for... Um, I'll put in their uh, psilocybin information link. Mm-hmm. I'll put up there some data. And what was the other link I said I was going to put? For other resources, other doctors, for, uh, your friends. And, and your, for the five wishes. The five wishes org. org. Okay. Yeah. Or if anybody, you know, I'm going to post this. So if anybody has any questions for me or for Gris, I'll obviously tag her. So you can go ahead and ask her whatever you want when it comes to magic mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See you guys. Bye-bye. Gracias. Ciao.